This week, I'm going to be talking about tips and tricks for uh, being in a band. What I've learned with my experience throughout the years playing, you know, music in original bands. Um, some of this stuff may not apply to people who are doing cover bands or tribute bands. It's a whole different world. Um, that I have zero experience in, but being an original band and playing original songs um, and trying to get uh, gigs and maybe the do's and don'ts of that, um, we're going to explore a bit. Also, I'm going to be featuring a band. I'm going to play a couple songs from them. Um, the band is called Strange Letter. Now, that's one word. You got to check it out. It's it's comprised of my friend Steve. Now, Steve does all the instrumentation. Steve does all of the um, recordings, uh, composing of the music. It's, it's quite incredible. You can check them out at their website. Go to all their social media. Click the likes. Um, follow them. Whatever you need to do to discover this band. Um, he's based out of Portland. Um, he's bopped around. He's been in Spokane. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff all over the place. Um, he's actually had one of his songs in a uh, trailer for Firefly. Kind of cool shit. <laughs> um, you can um, check out their music on Spotify. I just added all of his stuff on Spotify. I'm going to play a couple songs today. I'm going to play his uh, the first song I've heard them do i discovered uh steve and his uh band from myspace believe it or not which is crazy that was such a great great utility for musicians um initially then it just became a big old clusterfuck for everybody where everybody really took advantage of of that um, but the song is called here comes a chopper this is uh the first song that i heard from strange letter um, I've been a huge fan of all of his works. The song, the bass line in the song, had me, you had me at the bass line. It's so good. It's so cool and slick. Um, I absolutely love this bass line and this song. This is still probably my favorite song of everything that I've heard. Um, however, I am going to play a brand new song that has never been heard before by the public's ears. <laughs> um, it's called Rubbing Sticks, and I'm going to play that at the very end of the podcast. So here we go. Let's listen to some Strange Letter. You guys have an open mind, and really, I would love for you all to embrace this band. Um, if there's anybody I've ever shared on my podcast or in person with people, um, this is the one, this is the band that I really want you guys to gravitate towards and and embrace. Because for me, I have never gotten tired of anything they've done. I continually listen to them. It's just cool fucking music. So here it is. Here Comes a Chopper by Strange Letter.
Okay, we're back. Hey, how do you like that? That's a pretty fantastic song. Uh, super proud to uh, call Steve my friend and super honored that he sent me some tunes to play for you guys. So once again, I just encourage you to go out there and say, hello, you're badass. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about band etiquette. I guess. I don't know. I'm just going to talk about things that I've done throughout my uh, life performance history and maybe get into some, some merchandise ideas and stuff like that. Um, <sighs> so, let me see here. All right, I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. Once again, it's early, 4 o'clock in the morning. That seems to be my podcast broadcast time. <laughs> And that was really rude and obnoxious. So I'm going to talk about um, what I consider to be the most important thing when you're a band playing a new venue or a whatever, any venue. Um, God damn it. I'm, it is early. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought really easily. Okay, so I'm going to talk about what I consider to be Probably the most important thing when you are um, doing a live performance as a an original act, an original band, where you're playing your own music. Uh, you're not uh, you're not a cover band. It's a different world. You're not a tribute band. That's a whole different world, even above the above the cover band thing. So. As an original band, the first thing you want to do is when you show up to a venue, be the first band there. A minimum of two hours before showtime. Not your performance time, showtime. So show starts at 9, you want to be there at 7, no later. Um, if you can get there at 6.30, even the better. Um, and you want to be the last band to leave. Um, you want to be the last band. You want to stay there for the whole thing. Here's the reason. Um, first band there, you get first dibs on, you know, where you're going to set your gear. If you're not playing first, you're not going on stage, you can, um, you know, backline or usually there's a area where they will just have, have you stack up your gear and you'll have first dibs on that. Um, some, some venues do it differently where they have certain designated areas for each um, position in the lineup, but, uh, for the most part, it's just, yeah, throw your shit in the corner. Um, if you're last, maybe they'll let you backline, depending on stage, si stage size. Um, another reason for getting there early is um, establishing and getting comfortable with your, your venue. If you've never been there before, you can get there, kind of settle in, you know, have a, have a drink if that's what you do, or grab some food and just kind of relax there's all the stress kind of goes away from the traveling or you know say you're you're a new band and and you're a new singer or you have stage fright and you're getting really really nervous it's probably best that you get there early and settle in and once you get settled in it's just it's it's like you're practicing in your basement or your garage and it's it's like uh it's like home you want you want to make your venue home um, even if you've never been there before, uh, I've seen a lot of guys do this. Um, 
where they get to the venue super early and they talk to people, which I find to be the most important thing is talk to the patrons, talk to the customers. Hey, how you guys doing? You know, are you here to see the bands tonight? Yeah, I'm in one of the bands. I just wanted to introduce myself and say hello and I hope you can stick around for our show, whatever, you know, meet people, make friends. Um, that I found is really important. I know one guy who would do, um, he would do little like postcards, um, had, you know, all the information about his band, you know, their picture and their website and, and a download code for one of their songs. And he would just hand those out to people, throw them on all the tables and, um, let people grab them throughout the night. One of the smartest things I've ever seen. And, uh, that guy is always like a crowd favorite. He's already established these relationships with, with the people um, who are going to attend the show, and they've got his music in their hand. I mean, what is it? You give away one song, big deal. You know, we're, we're, not, <laughs> we're not selling music anymore. We're selling merchandise. We're selling T-shirts. We're selling um, tickets if you're, you are at a ticketed event. Um, we're not really selling songs. I mean, it happens, but at a live performance situation, not so much. Um, more you're selling a CD or still you're selling a CD or maybe you're selling download cards. I don't know. I, I haven't had much success with selling download cards. Um, so anyway, um, not only establishing a relationship with your patrons at, at your venue, but your staff. I mean, first thing you're going to do is you're going to talk to the bartender and you're going to say, hey, um, we're in one of the bands. Where's the best place we can set up? Blah, 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 blah. You should already have a load in time. So you'll, you know, load in at that time. It's, it's usually a couple hours before. That's why I say two hours. But if you get there early, so what? Have, have a beer and chill out for, you know, an hour or a half an hour before you're allowed to load in. Most places don't give a shit when you load in. Um, load in time for me is very arbitrary because, <laughs> you know, your, your booker or promoter will say, yes, load in at such and such time. Well, they're never there. They're never there to help you. Your booker, it's very rare that the booker is actually there. I don't say promoter because there's, that's very rare that you actually have a promoter who books shows. It's just a guy who books them. Um, there's not a lot of booking that goes, or promoting that goes on at some of the shows that, uh, most of the shows that a, an original band would do. It's like you get in the door and you try to bring people in. Um, the bar Usually we'll try to do something, but they're not they're not throwing down three, four, or five hundred dollars for advertising or anything like that. That's kind of it's kind of switched to where it's it's that's your thing. But like I was saying, um, establish your relationship with your with your servers, your bartenders, um, your sound guy, of course. You know, introduce yourself, say hello, get to know his name, and. Um, you know, um, let him know everybody in the band's name. He's not going to remember, but at least get him to remember if you're the, the front man or, or whoever is kind of in charge of your band business. Um, introduce yourself. Get him to know your name. That will help you in the end because, like I said, most of the time the booker isn't there. So you have to, you have to establish relationships and um, make friends with your sound tech or your bartenders so that word gets back to 
the booker that you did a good job. And honestly, the booker probably won't be there for more than six months. If he's there for more than a year, wow, that's crazy. Usually the turnover um, with that is pretty quick. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to have bartenders that are going to be there way longer than your bookers and uh, sound, sound engineers that are there way longer than your actual bookers with my experience. Um, so you get there, you establish your relationship, set up your merchandise, man, find the sweet spot for your merch. Um, a lot of times there's a very limited, limited space for merchandise. Um, I happen to have a really quite large setup. Um, it's no larger than a, than a table and chairs, um, set up for a bar, like a little side table and chair, but it's an ATA case with a, um, with a table that kind of sticks to it. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty big display. You know, there's lights and, and videos and all kinds of shiny things going on. Um, I really went all out on the merchandise uh, setup is mostly because you don't make a lot of money when you do these, these um, original act uh, performances. You'll be lucky if you get enough money for your travel costs. Um, being that I'm in central Washington, I have to travel for 90% of all the shows I do. Uh, we only do maybe one or two local shows in a year. So most, most of my shows that I do, um, I'm traveling minimum of two hours, minimum, um, two and a half usually. I'll be lucky to get you know enough money to cover gas. Um, if I do, I'm grateful. I, I really do believe that um, as an original act, I should be selling my product. Um, and my product is the music or the merchandise or whatever. Ticket sales, if there is a ticket sale, usually it's it's like a $5 cover or $8 cover, something like that. You can make fairly okay money if you get, get a really crowded, packed, packed room. But being that, you know, we're not playing in our hometown and our hometown doesn't do covers. All the shows are free that we do here because there's not really a uh, venue that can support something like that. We have to rely on our merchandise sales. That's that's our bread and butter. Our T-shirts are, are, you know, stickers and pins and all that kind of stuff. I'll get into that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's where you want to be is you want to be um set up in a nice area where it's high visibility um with my merchandise uh, display i have a big sign that says merchandise <laughs> that sits up about six and a half feet seven feet off the ground um so that as soon as you walk in that bar that's the first thing you see because most of these venues or bars are pretty dark so if you have any kind of illumination the eyes are naturally going to go there first thing and anytime you walk into a bar and i'm set up there the first thing you see when you walk in is my merchandise display and that's what i want i want people to gravitate and it's kind of a cool place to hang out there's all kinds of lights and videos and you know cool little things you can buy <laughs> so come on by the merchandise and buy something Ugh. Okay, so that that's another bonus for getting there early. You know, um, sometimes it's a hassle when you've got like three bands trying to find a, a place for merch, and I've got this big hunkin' 
merchandise display and I'm kind of hogging it up. <laughs> I try not to, but you know, I've got it. It's not huge, but it's bigger than, than most areas that are allowed for that. So that's enough about that. But uh, with the merchandise, I want to want to go into um, like what you should get. I mean, what sells um, with me? Always t-shirts. T-shirts are always good. Um, the markup on t-shirts isn't fantastic. It's, you know, 100%, you know. So if I get a t-shirt made for, you know, seven bucks, I'm selling it for, you know, at least 15. I have, I have to double my, double my cost. That's where I have to be um, to make it profitable. If not, I just don't have the piece of merchandise. And there's some things that I've, I passed on that I wanted to get, but I couldn't sell them for the amount of money I would have to sell them to make that profit margin work. Um, t-shirts are great. I found that a lot of bands I've, I've seen that are really successful with t-shirt sales have massive amounts of designs and um, options for people. You know, if you have one or two t-shirt options, you're going to sell, you know, pretty good. If you got 10, somebody's going to find a t-shirt that they dig, you know, like, oh man, like, I really like that one. That's the one I want. And, you know, maybe he didn't like the other nine designs. So that's kind of where I'm going with my next run. I've seen a few bands that have just had like a shit ton of options. And their merch is lined up all night long. People are there looking at the designs and buying their their product. So that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm shooting for 10 different uh, t-shirt designs to have those options. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of initial investment. Um, but I think it will be worth it. As long as I have the amount of uh, performances on deck where I can um, comp my cost, I think I can do it by the end of this year. I'm hoping to have at least at least five to seven of the ten initial goal. And then next year, when we start up next year's season, we'll have all ten and try to keep those stocked as we go along. I think that's very possible. Also, with uh, with uh, with merchandise, I thought that uh, you know I wasn't a big fan of buttons. Like buttons, like who the fuck wears buttons? <laughs> but it is kind of a, a neat little fun thing, um, along with the variety idea. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to buy a button making machine. They have them on eBay for like a hundred bucks. So cost initial cost is a hundred bucks. That's not bad. Pretty much any piece of merchandise that you try to just start to get into is going to be around a hundred bucks. If you're going to do a short run of t-shirts, it's going to be about a hundred bucks. You get 10 shirts or whatever. You're going to buy like uh, anything stickers. You're, you're, you're in it for almost a hundred bucks. That's not really that bad. So what I'm planning on doing is doing a uh, five-button variety pack. Just like different designs, basically the t-shirt designs that I've already put together. Um, put those designs on a button, an inch and a, inch and a quarter, two-inch button, whatever, whatever you want to do. And then just bang those suckers out. Um, the way I kind of figured it, if you can do about five buttons in a pack a dollar a button, um, 
five bucks, you get a five five pack of of buttons. I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, I think you can get your fans to buy it because it's most people at these venues have like you know five bucks. Oh oh, you can't you can't get a t-shirt. Well, get get a pack of buttons, man. It's five bucks. And then you can do the same thing with stickers. Get it? I mean, you know, stickers are usually like a giveaway. So, you know, for the most part, sometimes what I'll do is if somebody buys a t-shirt, I'll throw in a sticker or, or something like that. So you can have like your giveaway sticker. Then you can have your like die cut badass stickers and you have like a five pack of those. And you can do, you know, another pack of five. Um, then you can have like maybe a little keychain, like a $5 keychain. The goal is to get about five $5 items. So you have like stickers, buttons, keychains, um, toothpicks, I don't know, butt plug, I don't know, what, whatever. You know, find five pieces of merchandise that you can sell for $5 each or little packs or whatever and then put them all together all five of them and sell them for 20 bucks so you're saving five bucks like a koozie koozie like get a koozie here's the deal um if you're in a band and you're not selling koozies you're a fucking idiot <laughs> that's it those are the biggest profit margin item i've ever had in my life um you can get them for around depending on quantity that you buy anywhere from uh, 50 cents to a dollar and you're selling them for five bucks so if you're getting them at 50 cents say you buy you know 200 of them um, not bad not bad at all about a hundred bucks and you can sell them for five bucks each you're making a pretty darn good profit there but that's another thing that you can put in your your band grab bag is put a koozie, put some stickers, some buttons, keychains, whatever, whatever lighter matches. I don't, I don't know whatever you can find, and that's an an option. Everybody always has like a twenty, you know, when you're at a bar or whatever. Like then you have all these small items you can throw in with your 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 bigger purchases. Say you got a three color print and you're selling it for twenty five bucks. You know, okay, you're probably making your your margin, your 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 cost. You're probably making that you know double cost, and then you know you can throw in uh, one sticker, your your giveaway sticker, and it's like, okay, well, hey, for thirty bucks, you could get, you know, you can I can throw in a, you can get a koozie too. Most people, if you can if you can price your shirts around fifteen bucks. Um, and then you can just sell your, throw a koozie in with it. Say, oh, hey, why don't you just, you know, get a koozie too for 20 bucks? Most people, if I can sell my shirts at 15, which I'm still making a profit for my single, my single color um, print shirts, um, I can um, usually get them to, they'll just, oh, here's 20. Yeah, just keep it, you know, because they want to contribute to what you're doing then you can throw in like a koozie or throw in like, you know, a sticker pack or something like, hey, pick out one of these, you know, one of our grab bags or whatever. Just an idea that I'm, I'm implementing here soon. Um, I, I just really think that 
that's the way to do it is having that variety having a ton of stuff for you to be able to um use while you're you're creating profits another thing with merchandise is um your music now how are you distributing your music are you doing cds are you doing vinyl which is very expensive and i I really want to do it (laughs) are you doing download codes um uh, are you doing cassettes like i'm actually going to do cassettes um I've wanted to do cassette release for quite a while now, and um, my next project, um, we are going to release a four-song EP on cassette, and we're going to do that twice. We're going to do two two cassette releases, um, one this summer, and then probably one mid-winter uh, next year. And then uh, we're going to try to do a vinyl release, like a vinyl single, like, you know, something like that, an A and a B side that would put together um, 10 songs um, with two cassette releases, with download codes, of course, and then a uh, single vinyl release with download codes, of course. And then I think at the end of the day, once all those songs are done and recorded, we're probably going to release a full album and just put all those songs together as one album you know uh anyway we're gonna take we're gonna take all 10 songs put them together and release them on vinyl i think i think that's the goal um so that's uh something to look forward to we are in the middle of recording our album right now our our first ep i guess it's going like ridiculously well Sonically, it sounds so good, and nothing's mixed. I'm I'm honestly shocked at how good it sounds right now. We're doing a lot of experimentation, which uh, is cool. I never thought the songs would sound the way they're sounding now, and we haven't even added like like no vocals yet. My guitar is not on there at all yet, and we're adding uh, synthesizers. So we haven't added any synths. Um, outside of just uh, guitars with uh, synth pedals on them. We've done a little bit of that, and that's, God, it sounds so fucking cool. So we're really excited to release that. I'm really going full bore with uh, this next project. It's called DAR, D-A-R, which is derived from um, uh, the old movie Beastmaster. The Beastmaster, his name was Dar, and it just so happens that Dar is rad backwards, so it just works out perfectly. <laughs> it's fun, man. I got a bunch of really great dudes um, hooked up uh, on this project, and they're killing it. They're they're awesome. They're dedicated. They are um, really like-minded, which is key. What I really find to be a key to success is um, sticking around, like having a group of people that you really enjoy playing with and working with and sticking it out. And I have a feeling that this this project is going to stick out and go for the the long haul. (laughs) I'm getting a little long in the tooth to keep starting new bands <laughs> it fucking sucks i love the point that we're at now but trying to like what's our sound where are we gonna go what are we doing we're we're definitely like we're definitely uh 
grazing that where like, okay, I think that's where we're going to go. I think that's, that's the sound that we are going to have. We've got a bunch of songs um, that were kind of leftovers from old bands and they, they kind of are where we want, what we want to sound like. They're kind of there, but not really. Um, They're definitely different than the new stuff we're writing. And the new stuff is, is just mind blowing for me. It's, it's really fun. Um, so let's get back to the subject at hand because I tend to stray a bit. Um, so as you're there early and you've established your relationships, you've got your merchandise set up, you've got all your gear set up and, and you're doing your thing, meet the bands. Don't be, don't be like the dick that goes there and doesn't say anything to the other bands. Introduce yourself to all the other bands. Make friends. That's 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 what you're there to do. You're there to have a good time and make friends. So introduce yourself. Um, you know, hey, check it out, blah, 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 blah. You know, find them on social media. Oh, you, you're here? Okay, well, go like their band page. Um, what, what I like to do is I will talk with all the band members from all the bands as much as I can. Sometimes, you know, hey, I get, I get to where I don't really want to talk to anybody. I get, you know, oh, am I going to sound like a dumbass? I don't know. Um, but, you know, try to put yourself out there and introduce yourself. And you're there partying together. So do it. Party together. Rock out with, with your new friends and support them as you would want to be supported. You know, go out there. When they're playing, get your fucking ass up front and watch them. I mean, at minimum for three, four songs, get out there. And then, you know, if you got to do something for your band, you know, set up or tear down, whatever you got to do, do it. But try to get your ass out front and support these acts, you know. Make sure they see you. Make sure they see that you're supporting them. And, you know, do what you can do to make them feel like uh, they're doing a good job because that's what you want. You want the show to go off without a hitch. Um, so as you're supporting these other acts and you're introducing yourself, um, you know, what, what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll like their, their band's Facebook page if I already haven't. Um, usually I'll do that before the show. I'll like, I li- I'll like their page and their Instagram and their Twitter and, and all that stuff so I can tag them in whatever promotional um, posts I make before sh- before the show. And then after the show, make sure you tag them and you know go to their go to their Facebook and write them a, write a, you know a message on their wall saying how fun it was and you know your experience, you know. You don't have to fucking lie and be a bullshit artist, just tell the truth and and how 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 fun it was because if it wasn't fun what the fuck are you doing (laughs) what you doing over there not having fun what's wrong with you get your ass out there play that little guitar of yours and go have some fun so that's what we want to do we don't want to sit on our um on our asses and be a shithead because there's a lot of those guys out there um but we want to we want to shoo those boys away Anyway, uh, so as we're there supporting, you want to be the last band to leave. Or if not, you know, stay till the very, very end of the show, till closing time or whatever you you need to do. At at minimum, the end of the show. 
If you can help other bands load, unload, pack up, whatever you can do to help and, and be that guy, do it, man. Do it. Um, help help your fellow musician out. Help them get their gear in their, their vans at minimum offer. Most, most guys like, no, I got it, you know. They don't want you touching their shit, <laughs> and that's that's how I am. I was like, no, I got it, dude. I can I can pick up this four by twelve, no problem. Don't need any help. I'm a big boy, um, but you know, offer try try to help um, help them out because it just I mean that's just a cool thing to do. Um, one of I was uh, I did a show. I mentioned this in, in an earlier podcast, but I, I did a show with Red Fang, and you know it's a big deal for me. I've been a huge fan of them for a long time. And, you know, we get to this venue and there's nobody there. We walk in and they're doing sound check and we're like, holy shit, Red Fang and us in the room. They're basically playing a show just for us. This is fucking crazy. This is cool. And they're sound checking and then we, you know, just start bringing our shit in. And as we're kind of off to the side of the stage, we were opening, you know, so they kind of threw their stuff back line and we started loading our stuff on stage and they're helping us with our gear, getting it on stage. This was mind blowing to me. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I know that you, you know, they're not like fucking the Rolling Stones or, or, you know, Guns N' Roses or anything like that, but still they're, they're an international touring band. You know, they're in my, in my eyes, they're big shit, you know, couldn't, be nicer people just the coolest fucking people um i was blown away with how gracious and kind each and every one of those guys were just cool as shit just regular dudes i mean i talked about it in my starstruck uh episode um i don't get really starstruck but like I was just shocked at how down to earth these guys were. Cause I could see it's like, okay, these, these, these kids are going to open for us. So let's go in the back and hang out. But they were cool as shit. They hung out with us. Um, the guitar player, uh, David helped me load my bass rig up on stage. Just, you know, grabbed it and like, let's go. It, it was crazy cool. We ended up doing a couple shows with those guys. And, um, just the, the respect was, off the charts, off the charts. I can't, I can't highly recommend them more. They're the fucking shit. They're so cool. They're so great. So anyway, back to the subject we're talking about being the last band there. Um, you, you don't get paid until the end of the night usually. Um, and you know, you gotta be there to support everybody. Um, the, having the sound tech, or the staff see that you guys are there supporting everybody else is only a good thing. There's no way that's going to turn south on you. So I, I, I recommend being the first band there and the last band to leave and just, just establish your footprint on who you are and the positive energy that you're putting out there for everybody involved in, in that evening. It's a big fucking deal to, put together something like that, you know, to put together a performance. You have all these people working towards this goal to try to entertain and have a good time. Um, so do your best, man. Do your best. Uh, let's see. 
So that's kind of my some of my tips and tricks. Let's talk about promotion a little bit. Uh, when you go to promote these shows, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing to promote? Are you doing the Facebook invites? Um, I got it really with the Facebook invites. It's a great thing. It's really good. I, I'm afraid that that's going to fall off um, sooner than later. <laughs> um, it's working right now, but I, I don't see a lot of longevity in in Facebook and having that as kind of our focus for promotion. Um, I, I, I'm suggesting to everybody to try to diversify in whatever way you can. Like back in the day when I started in bands and stuff, we would, there was no Facebook, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't have a website. There was no MySpace. There was none of that bullshit. Um, it was handbills. You, you fucking went to the Kinko's or whatever office supply store where you could make photocopies on colored paper cut up little handbills and go to the venues that you're playing weeks ahead of time and hand them out to patrons go to um, big concerts and hand out handbills as people are exiting the the shows um, that sucks <laughs> that was really tough work um, it worked it definitely worked you definitely got people there I mean I remember I remember when I would play in other cities, I would just go to malls and like hand out handbills to random people. Um, it, it worked, but it was tough. Um, it wasn't easy, like sending an invite in, in a, a split second, like, hey, come to my show, come to my show. All my work is done. All right, I can get off the toilet now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how easy it is. So that's just one little thing. Um, you can do... Um, obviously posters, post them around town. If you're playing your local, local, uh, city, if you're not playing your local city and you're playing, you know, somewhere that's significantly far away, um, sometimes the venues will do posters. Sometimes they won't. You gotta, you gotta figure that out when you're, you're booking and who's doing the art, um, there I'll tell you about this one incident that I had I was doing a charity show here in town for a uh, American Heart Association um, it, it was a uh, I had uh, god I can't remember which band it was I think it was my pop band um, but you know we we're like a pop rock band um, very clean cut and you know this and that and it, it was it was fun, man. It was it was a blast. I I loved it. The name of the band was Titan Drive, and it was uh, it was kind of like a '80s new wave and rock thing. Um, it was fun. I loved that band. Um, but we were doing this uh charity show, and I agreed to do the show as long as I had final approval on the artwork because we had a a very um. We had a look we were going for with promotions, and we we wanted to make sure that everything kind of lined up with whatever show we were doing, um, especially a charity show. So we 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 signed on to do to do the show, you know, and we'd earn earn whatever money we got from the door for the American Heart Association. Get the poster, and it's already posted and up, and you know all this and. 
granted, this is for people who like have, you know, heart problems. And the poster is a bloody heart held in a hand. Um, like, really gory. Like, for me, okay, whatever. I, I'm, I'm fine with that kind of imagery, but that's not what we're going for here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going for, you know, trying to earn money for the American Heart Association, not, not, uh, you know, Saw Part 16. It was really fucking brutal looking. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not what we want. And I didn't approve this imagery. We're not, we're not going to go with this, are we? You got to be kidding me. And he's like, oh no, it's already done. They're already posted. And, and I just dropped out of the bill. I dropped out of the bill. I was like, I'm not doing this. It, it's not what we want to present. Like I want, you know, I want my mom and, and, you know, family to come to this, to help support this cause. I can't, you know, have this plastered all over the place. I don't know. Maybe it's petty. Maybe I was being a little like <laughs> tight ass about it, but I, I was really um, honed in on how I wanted this, this uh, band to be presented. And it was, it looked like a death metal poster, which is fine. I love death metal, but um, it just wasn't what I thought should be placed out there for that show. So I ended up doing, I ended up doing a, I put on another American Heart Association uh, show at another venue and uh, just did it. And I earned my own money and sent it off to the American Heart Association. So back to what you're doing for promotion nowadays, I, for me, I think that video is the strongest voice for promoting your shows. Um, you know, you have YouTube, you have the Facebook and the Instagram, and you have your stories on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think those are super powerful, um, especially the stories, because you can see who's actually seen it. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I, uh, I try to do um, videos that will fit in that time frame of the stories around, oh God, I think it's like 20 seconds um, on Instagram. I'm not sure, but I try, I try to do little fast promotional videos for those um, basically with whatever cool images I can come up with. Um, I've had to learn a lot um, on video editing and graphic arts um, motion graphics and stuff. Um, it's, it's pretty cool that you can just get on YouTube and learn a bunch of stuff and they have templates for, for that kind of thing too, that you can just buy for, you know, 10 or 20 bucks and pop in all of your, all of your information and have a cool image and just do a voiceover. And there it is. Um, yeah. So I suggest like you need to have somebody in your band who is into that, um, you know, into creating those videos. Cause that's kind of what I'm seeing is really, um, working for getting people out there to your shows and getting attention to your band. So try that, try doing the video thing. You can go to, um, you can go to, my Thunderhound YouTube and you can see some of the promotional videos that I've done. Um, some of them good. Um, some of them really good. Uh, 
check them out and and you know get some ideas look at other i i had a hard time finding band promotional videos um i would uh really search them out and they're not they're out there but they're hard to find um so go to go to my thunderhound youtube and check it out just search you know thunderhound in youtube and go to the channel and look at all the promotional videos from the last uh from the past i should say um there's a god there's another band i think they're called the finger guns um out of seattle i've never seen them but i've seen some of their videos and they're really good um um, there's, uh, my cousin in stereo creeps, which he's, he was on one of my earlier, uh, podcasts. He does some good ones too. Really good ones. And sometimes he'll just, he'll just do a really dumb, like, Hey, come to my show. We're playing here. It's gonna be fun. Like really just like him on on a blank you know in front of a blank wall just you know doing a goofy face and talking in a funny voice and it works and it's awesome it's awesome and i love it and you know if i was closer i would be at those shows um you know just whatever you can do it can be super honestly super low budget works better than the high production values in my opinion just do something where it's honest um i just saw one from uh, a band out in Spokane called Itchy Kitty, and I, they're like a, a, a female punk band or something. I haven't seen them yet. I've heard so many good things about them, but their video was weird and awesome. It was just weird, <laughs> weird. Um, check them out. Um, I want to. I want to see them live. Um, it's hard because God, they're so far away. I, I'd never get to see them, but. Once once we get a little more established with our band, I definitely want to try to do a show with them. They look like they're a hell of a lot of fun. Um, all right. So, you know, the the video stuff. Here's a... Oh, hey. Um, here's a uh, good idea that I've used in the past. Uh, when I'm doing a show in a new venue that I've never played and it's pretty far away and I don't really know what the natural traffic is in the venue um, what I'll do is I'll do table tents now table tents or table toppers um, are just paper tents like you see on any restaurant uh, you know like you go to Red Robin and there's a you know a cardboard cutout of you know a, a filthy delicious cheeseburger <laughs> you're going to be that filthy delicious cheeseburger make your your poster your your um poster for the event into table toppers into table tents and and send those motherfuckers off to the to the uh venue you know do you know Find out how many tables are in the venue. You can do that by just calling the venue and uh, letting them know, hey, I'm going to send out some table tents to you guys for our show coming up and, you know, make 20 of them or 30 of them or 10 of them, however many tables they have and uh, send them off. If you want any advice on how to do that, you can always contact me at uh, the Tony Joe show uh, at gmail.com for any questions you have about the bands that I've had on here or 
or any of this promotional advice, but table tents really, really work. Um, just imagine your posters on the table in front of people weeks and weeks before you play. And people are going to look at that that table tent way more than they're going to look at the poster on the wall. It's going to be right in their face while they're eating that delicious, filthy cheeseburger. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a great idea. And it's worked for me. I've done it when I did a uh, last year. Was it last year? Yeah, I think it was the summer before last. Um, I went on a Montana run with Elephant Gun Riot out of Spokane. And we did uh, two shows, Friday and Saturday, in Montana. It was, oh my god, it was probably one of the funnest jaunts I've ever made. Um, that band... Jesus Christ, they're they're one of the best bands I've ever played with. The coolest people, and their music is so good. It's scary. It's very scary how good it is. <laughs> They've been together for quite a while, and and like I say, like they only keep getting better. Longevity is definitely the key to success, and they're proof in the pudding. They were good when I first saw them. They're fantastic now. I mean, they were never bad, even a little bit. They were always great, but... They just keep getting better and better. Every song they put out is like, oh, man, how are they going to outdo this? And they do. Man, they're awesome. And and I'm so fortunate I get to do a couple shows with them this year again. So that's exciting. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to have to talk with them on the podcast and get some of their music on here so I can share that with, with you guys. So make sure that you check them out beforehand. So when I do have them on, you'll be extra excited. It's going to be so great. Anyway, uh, we're going to go back to what we're talking about with the table tents and the promotions. It really, really works. We put them out there in um, um, on that Montana run, and it was great to show up to a place that's like 10 hours away from your, from your home, and your poster and your table tents are out there on all the tables, and you know, you have people out there, hey, yeah, I saw this, you know, I saw this a couple weeks ago, and I thought I'd come down and check it out, and like, right on it worked and it's no more expensive than doing posters it's about it's about 25 to 30 bucks and you can print up on cardstock you on the 11 by 17 uh, cardstock you can get a couple table tents out of each one of those so you know it's not really that expensive and then you send them off for like you know six or seven bucks it's a pretty pretty wicked cool idea i don't even know how i came up with it but it works and i do that for uh venues that i know are going to need a little extra help to get to get people out there um posters table tents videos um handbills still work they're a pain in the ass um but if you are in a city that you can like seattle where you can easily get to pretty much any venue in seattle you know, it's not like uh, not like where you have to drive a couple hours to get to them. If you do, it's just traffic. It's not mountains and snow and passes and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, the week before, a couple weeks before your show, go there and, and hand out some handbills. You know, put some handbills on the tables for uh, venue, at venues of where you're going to be playing. So if you're playing in a couple weeks, go down there on a Friday and Saturday night, throw some handbills down. You know, have a stack of them sitting by the register. Whatever you need to do to, you know, get a couple extra eyes on you. 
um, whatever whatever uh, media outlet you can get your name on there, whether it's you know in print or you know posting like crazy on your interwebs, you know, it's all about the struggle. It's all about being able to. Um, for me, I don't want to sound like it's about money, but it's about being able to keep keep the machine going you know um there's a couple guys i know out of spokane that are way better at <laughs> than me at this way better like their merchandise is so top notch it makes mine look like a joke it it makes they're they're the nordstroms and i'm the goodwill <laughs> But they are so like on point with their with their branding and their their uh, merchandise and just imagery is like whoa. Um, and I'm gonna be talking to those guys uh, come here soon as soon as I can get over to Spokane and talk with them. Let's see where are we at. Well, we're we're coming close to the end. I think I might have rambled enough. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm. I don't know if I've said everything I need to say, um, but I hope it was useful information. Right now, I think I'm going to end it. I'm going to kind of roll off with my good friend Steve and his band Strange Letter. I want to encourage you to go like all the bands that I mentioned today. Any tips that I had Hopefully you can use them and they can benefit you and your project. Uh, if you have any tips, send them to me, man. Send send me tips um, at the Tony Joe Show. It's a tongue twister, man. The Tony Joe Show at gmail.com. Send me an email. Give me a tip and trick, man. I, I, I want to know what I need to do to have the edge to get people to come out to the shows to enjoy themselves, to buy that extra T-shirt so I can get, you know, a few more miles down the road. You know, my goal is to not pay out of pocket, is to be able to let the machine feed itself. You know, um, it, being an original band, it's a losing battle. <laughs> You're not gonna get rich doing it, not even close. If I was, if I was a, a smarter guy, I would be in a tribute band and be playing Iron Maiden covers and or whatever, and just go full on and actually, you know, make a, a living at it. But I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> All right, Strange Letter. I want you guys to check them out. Support them in any way you can. This is a Tony Joe Show exclusive. That's right. Um, I'm going to play you an exclusive song that's never been released before. This is my good pal Steve and his project, Strange Letter, with Rubbing Sticks. Enjoy. Keep it. 
keep rubbing the stick